2: Find a location near you at
1: bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
2: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh my
3: goodness! It's only preseason, but I'm high Bill Fox, Jimmy G oh Buckets gets buckets! Oh my goodness! Give me the hot sauce, Bill Fox! hot sauce what are you doing dragons did you not get the memo Derek can go upstairs go away.
2: it is time for episode 87 of gimme the hot sauce uh, i'm alongside timmy whispers and in, in the hustle and flow studios here in beautiful palatine i'm mark Shanowski and you see stacy's smiling face he's joining us from his home and stacy you want to tell the folks about uh your travels this week and all the things you had to go through to join the show. You are a real trooper. You're the ultimate Iron Man.
3: Yeah, you know what? It's pure heart determination there, Mark. I had a hip replacement surgery on June the 7th. I was making great strides. was almost ready to start running. And then I had a, a little malfunction in there. They had to go in there, and uh, they thought I might have had an infection. And so the doctor had to go in there to make sure, come to find out I don't have an infection. Uh, they fixed it up for me and I'm back, baby. I just, I just got out of the hospital. I just got released. I spent two days in the hospital. So I just got released about an hour ago. So I'm here on the show right now. I couldn't leave you alone with whispers. So <laughs> yeah. I had to come over here. I had to come over here and, and just crawl over here, Mark. I'm crawling to the table, baby.
2: Man, you're supposed to get an oil change every 10,000 miles, not every two weeks. I mean, what's going hey, on? Listen,
3: Hey, you know what? You know what? You know, I'm just so happy with this new hip. Yeah. I, think it's an eight, I think it's like a 25-year-old hip right now, baby. I'm moving and gliding <laughs> right
2: now, baby. Woo. Hey, we got a special show coming up. We're going to be joined a little bit later by Scoop Jackson, who does great work for ESPN. Scoop. He's also the author of several books. He comments on hip-hop culture. A lot of things that he does. One of the most varied broadcasters, writers, going in America today. So we're going to be joined by Scoop. He also, of course, a big NBA fan, grew up in Chicago. But I, I guess he's a Knicks fan, I I, I I found out, Stacey. Is that, is that, how could that be possible that you were born in Chicago and become a Knicks fan?
3: I'm, I'm a little disappointed right now about that. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm a little disappointed. I'm just finding out this information right now as we speak.
2: Well, we'll give him a hard time when he jumps on. So Scoop is going to join us in a little bit. Uh, Whispers, you got your questions prepared? I know you always do a lot of exhaustive research. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Can you expand uh, on that? No, I'll you'll, <laughs> you'll just freeze the crowd as always.
2: Yeah, I'm oh. sure he'll bring the interview to a grinding halt when Scoop joins yes. us a little bit later. We'll have yes. to apologize, Ahead you know, send, send up the, send out the letters. Make sure the attorneys don't contact us after you just bring the show to a halt. That's right. <laughs> as always, that's as always whisper a man of few words. That's
0: all you're going to get.
2: Hey, let's talk about the Bulls Free Agency. I think that yes. you can get some comments from Stacy, and you can drink your You're just drinking coffee today, so I guess it's not happy hour yet. Uh, it's coming right up, though. <laughs> this
0: coffee's not so good. It's also hot in here. I'm going to have to switch. Yeah.
3: It's yeah, always you're hot. Out there your little, you're out there with your little Don Ho shirt on right there like you're on Hawaii. <laughs> Tiny bubbles. Those are
0: skulls, not flowers.
3: Well, from here, it looks like flowers, guy.
0: Okay. Well, that's kind of cool.
2: Hey, Stacy, a, lo- a lot of the Bulls fans are wondering, uh, did they do enough in free agency? Of course, they signed Andre Drummond and Goran Dragic, and they also brought back Der- uh, Derek Jones Jr., you know, not big moves that are going to really shake the foundation of the franchise, but you got to remember last year, they really went all in, bringing in DeMar DeRozan and Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso. You, you can't do that every year. And, you know, at, at the All Star break, the Bulls were tied for first place in the East. It's not like this team needed a drastic makeover. What's your overview on, on what they did in free agency?
3: Well, they, they went into free agency realizing they're going to keep their core group of guys together. That's why it was imperative to re-sign Zach. You've got Damar under contract. Vooch is under contract for at least one more year. Caruso. Uh, all, your, all your main pieces, you know, Patrick Williams, Kobe White. You know, a lot of people thought they were going to move Kobe White, uh, and it didn't happen. It may still happen. Who knows? You know, AK may have another move down the road here. We don't know that. Um, but they kept their core group of guys together. They said that in the start of free agency. They tried to go out and get some of these younger kids, you know, these younger big shot blocking kids like Mo Bamba, uh, Hardenstein. But those guys signed minutes after free agency opened up. So it almost like the Bulls didn't even have a chance to try to sign those guys. So um, they did their due diligence. They, they put their name in the hat trying to get guys. Uh, unfortunately, those young kids didn't want to come this way. They want to stay with their team. They got more money. Uh, I'm happy with, uh, with Dragic. I think – after last year, seeing Lonzo go down, uh, and we kind of struggled a little bit at the guard position with a veteran. Um, I'm not saying that I.O. didn't do a good job. I thought I.O. did a great job, but you know, I thought in the playoffs they didn't really play him a lot, and that would have been really nice to have you know a veteran guard uh, in the lineup playing point guard. I think Drummond is is a huge upgrade from what we've had in the past. Uh, one thing you're going, one thing Mark, you're going to get out of Drummond, he's a double double machine. Uh, He's averaged a double-double throughout his career, 14 points, 13 rebounds. He's always been one of the best rebounders in the game. Um, He's always been a double-double machine. I mean, he's put up some big numbers against the Bulls when he was in Detroit. Um, Is he the low-post guy, you know, that, you know, that Booch is? No. Is he a guy that can go out there and switch on pick and rolls? Does he have that ability? Uh, Probably not. You know, but there's not a lot of guys in this league, Mark, who can but the one thing you're going to get out of him, he's going to run the floor. He's going to love playing with Lonzo because he can get up and down the floor and fill lanes and get easy dunks. Uh, the pick and roll, he sets some really vicious screens. He's a really good screener because he understands the philosophy. If I set a screen and the guard comes off, I'm going to be open. He doesn't set those phantom screens that we see sometimes like Casper the Ghost where guy <laughs> just kind of just skips the screen and slips. This kid, this kid will, will set a screen. And he will roll to the basket and he'll catch lobs. So I'm excited about these two guys.
2: And Drummond has done some of his best work in the past against the Chicago Bulls. I know he's got probably about a dozen 20.20 rebound games, and I think almost half of them came against the Bulls. So they're very familiar with what he can do playing against the division all those years in Detroit.
3: Yeah, and um, you know the thing about it is is that you've got two quality veterans that know how to play. You go back to Drummond in Philadelphia. Philadelphia had to be the favorite before they made that trade with Harden and Ben Simmons. Um, because the fact that uh, Embiid was able to, you know, Doc Rivers was able to, you know, limit his minutes, you know, let him let him sit out, you know, quarters and then come back in the fourth quarter to play because Drummond was behind him. Drummond gave them a really solid backup, played 24, 25 minutes, took some pressure off Embiid, and when, when they made that trade, Mark, everybody's like, well, you know, Philadelphia got James Harden and that should be enough. No, they really miss having, you know, uh, Drummond behind uh, Embiid. And that was a really big loss for them. And that's the reason why they struggle in the playoffs.
2: And, of course, the Bulls kind of wrapped up their free agent moves, at least for now, with the signing over the weekend of Goran Dragic. And, of course, the people who love listening to the Open with all of Stacey's great calls, the one that always stands out (laughs) is Derek Rose's dunk over Dragic in Phoenix. So we're going to play that for you right now. (laughs) <laughs> Stacy, that was an inspired call with you and Neil. I mean, I think that caught everybody off guard a little bit. I mean, we knew Derek could get up, but it seemed like he jumped off a trampoline on that one.
3: Yeah, it was it was a, it was one of the most vicious dunks that I've ever seen. Um, especially for you got to remember, Derek's like six three. So to see him just, you know, trampoline up and dunk on this kid. And the funny thing about that dunk, you know, um, was that Drogic took a three point shot. He took an ill-advised shot. And uh, I think Dan Tony was going to pull him and bring Steve Nash back out. So when he took that shot, he looked over and saw Steve Nash come in. He took a shot. <laughs> and it was a long rebound. And then they were off to the races. And I think it was Tyrus Thomas who hit him with a good pass. And Derek just exploded. And uh, you could tell Dragic was trying to, it was frustration because he's getting ready to come out. And the fact that he challenged Derek and not getting the memo, as I said, uh, that this kid could go upstairs, he challenged him. So I give him, I give him a, uh, uh, I give him some credit for trying to challenge and trying to block that shot, but he was—that's forever a poster, man.
2: <laughs> you know, in our social media world, uh, that became something that's played over and over again on YouTube, and and the phrase even—did you not get the memo? I've seen that in so many different contexts, some of them not even having anything to do with sports. And uh, you should have copyrighted that, Stacey. You could have made millions on that.
3: You know what? Here's the funny thing about that, too, is that, you know, Dragic has gone on to have a great career. Yeah. You know, that, that dunk kind of – I'm not saying the dunk kinda catapulted him, but people people identify him with the dunk, but he's had a really, really good career, Mark.
2: Yeah, Dragić made All NBA one year when he was with uh, with Miami, uh, or it might have been when he was with Phoenix. He's made an All Star team. He's uh, shot forty six percent for his career. He shoots about thirty six percent from the three point line. And people are you know are saying, well, he's thirty six years old and he didn't shoot the ball last year. But remember when he was in Toronto, they just chose not to play him because they decided they were going to go with their young guys and they were just looking for a move where they would uh, find him a, a chance to get with a contender later. Then when he went to Brooklyn. You know, he was in their rotation. He played pretty well in the playoffs, even though they got swept out in four games.
3: Well, he, he's a solid, he's a solid point guard. This guy's got a lot of starts under his belt. Uh he's got a lot of minutes, a lot of mileage. He knows how to play. He's a solid defensive player, even at, you know, even at his age. The thing I like about him a lot is he competes. And that's what kind of guys you want on his team every night. Uh you're starting to hear with uh in the rookie camp with uh with Dalen Terry. Yeah, he's competing. He's playing hard every night. Those are the kind of guys that you want on your team that you don't have to worry about in game 70 is not going to be motivated to play. You know, this is this is going to be a competitive training camp and training camp starts. Uh, guys are going to be fighting for positions. And um, I tell you what, it's only going to make the team better in order to do that. And, and to have a good point guard, someone that can come in and knock down three point shots. Everybody talks about we got too many guards. You know, right now on paper, we kind of do. You know, but who's to say that you know AK in the front office don't make another move and look to uh, bolster the lineup even more? Because right now, you know, there's still some quality free agents out there. But you know, like I said, everybody's not going to get the big contract. There's going to be people are going to have to settle. For mid-level exceptions, and you know, you just got to be patient if you're front office.
2: Yeah, it is a interesting situation for Billy Donovan. Now you put Goran Dragic in the mix, and they've already had five guards that you're wondering how you're going to get playing time for Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, Io Sumu, Kobe White. Now Dragic makes six. And Dale and Terry, who can also play the small forward position, makes it kind of seven. So, I mean, from a coach, from a coaching perspective, you can't play all of those guys. That's going to be a delicate situation for Billy, unless there's a trade that still is to come. Uh, how do you rotate seven guards? You can't do that in the course of a forty-eight minute game.
3: Well, well, Mark, it's a, it's a good problem to have because you got to remember, you know, Lonzo. Lonzo is the point guard, but Lonzo can go out and play small forward or two guard too. At six foot six, so you've got different lineups that you can play. Trot guys out there, you know, you can you can play an all guard lineup if you want to. You know, you can play Dragic at the one. You know, you can play uh, you know you can play Caruso at the two, Zach at the two. uh, You know, Lonzo at the three. I mean, there's so many different lineups you can play with that. You know, so it's not like. You know, Billy's not going to have the tools. I think right now the key for whoever's in training camp is to establish themselves as the guys that are going to get the most of the playing time. So if you're the younger players like Terry and Io, you know, you got to come in there and you got to be hungry. I've been watching Io working out. He looks really, really good. Looks like he put on some muscle. Uh, the kid is the kid's not going to come in and just roll over. Uh, so it's going to be a competitive training camp.
2: Yeah, and the other move, of course, we haven't talked about yet, Zach Levine committing to a five-year max extension. The fifth year will be a player option. That was negotiated by his Woo! agent, Rich Paul of Clutch Sports. So, you know, that's going to be like $215 million. So Zach is here for the long term. And, you know, we, we did the live free agency show last Thursday, and we we're kind of waiting. Why hasn't Zach committed yet? And a lot of conspiracy theorists were wondering, hey, are they going to trade him for Kevin Durant? Are they, what's, or is Zach thinking about going somewhere else? But Friday, early on, we found out that he was committing to the bulls for the full five-year max extension and by all parts uh zach is working out again after having the uh the cleanup surgery of his left knee and i think he's going to be even more motivated to say so getting a taste of the playoffs to see if he can't take it further with this team next year
3: well and that's what getting to the playoffs is all about that's what winning's all about you got a taste of the honey you understand what it takes to get to the playoffs how the game changes when you get to the playoffs so and he was one of the main reasons why we got to the playoffs. Now, in order for this Bulls team to take the next step, Mark, um, they're going to have to be a better defensive team. Uh, Zach's going to have to be a much better defensive player than he was last year. Uh, you know, uh, DeMar has to be a better defensive player, and Boots has to be a better defensive player. Your three best players have to be your best defensive players too. And in order for the Bulls to get past the first round and really cause some noise, They all have to commit to the defensive end. We don't have a Rudy Gobert back there right now. We don't have that guy that can cover up mistakes. So that means you got to play up top and you can't have guys blow by you like they got an eye pass.
2: Yeah, we got a question from the Twitch stream. Uh, Somebody asked, Stacey, do you think AK's worried about Lonzo's health with bringing in Dragic and overloading the roster with guards? Do you think that's a concern for the front office?
3: No, because I thought we over—I thought we had the same problem last year. We had more guards than bigs. And I think you can never have good quality guards. I mean, that was one of the things that we missed last year in the playoffs against Milwaukee was a guard that can make three-point shots. You know, Milwaukee just backed off us last year and said, shoot it. And, uh, you know, Dragovich is a career, I think, 36% yeah. three-point shooter. He's had some really good years where he shot the ball well. The last couple of years, you know, in Toronto, I don't really count, you know, the average there because he didn't really play a lot. But consistency has been in the 36% range, which is very good. So um, it's also a guy that can get to the basket. He can score. He can find assist players. I mean, Dallas right now is so upset they didn't get him. They thought he was, that Dallas thought they were going to pick him up to play with Luka. Luka really wanted uh, Drogage, but it didn't work out.
2: Yeah, of course, they played on that uh, Slovenia team. that made a deep run in the European Championships last year. But with Zach, you know, he's got a lot, a lot of supporters. and A lot of people think that, you know, he doesn't give enough on the defensive end. I thought that he was playing the most efficient basketball of his career before he hurt his knee uh, midway through the season. And then obviously that slowed him a little bit. He was putting up crazy numbers and he was shooting 50 percent from the field and 40 percent from the three-point line. I think, you know, people wonder about the partnership with DeMar. I didn't see any issues at all with that. Would you think?
3: No, I'm around them all the time. Um, they both complemented each other well. I mean, when you got two wings, Mark, of having huge games, 30, 40 point nights, uh that's that's only going to make your team, you know, super. I mean, you look at Golden State, you know, it's not all Steph Curry. You got, you know, Clay Thompson can go off. You got Wiggins, he can go off. The more people that you have that can get you buckets, the more dangerous you are as a team. When you're just one dimensional, like a couple of years ago when it was just Zach, I mean, teams just said, all right, let Zach, you know, let Zach get his, shut everybody else down. And now you can't do that because you got Vooch can score 30. You got DeMar. You got, you know, uh, Lonzo can score, even though he's a pass, first point guard, uh, he can score as well. And so now you got Drogage out there who's had some 30 point games in his career. So, you know, you're going to have to guard this team. But I think in order for this team to take the next step, there has to be a commitment to the defensive end. Um, when Zoe was there and Caruso was healthy, the Bulls were a top five defensive team. When Zoe went out, everything went downhill after that. And then they became a, a really, really not a very good defensive team.
2: Whispers always has a lot of fans on the Twitch stream. A guy named The Brown Note says, You're looking good. He likes the shirt. Well, oh, thank
0: you, Brown Note.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the Whispers Fan a, Club, he Stacy. We're gonna have groupies. to get shirts made, you know.
3: He's uh, got groupies out there.
2: Yeah, I, I think we'll do the one with the uh, weekend at, at Whispers. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait for the movie. Stacy and I dragging him off, yeah. <laughs> the, the, dragging the dead man around. Yeah. Yep.
3: Dead man around, baby. Dead man walking.
2: Sometimes it feels like that during the show, like we're dragging him around too, don't it, Stace? You guys are just oh, keeping man. me alive.
3: Hey, hey, baby. It's like Ted Williams, baby. Cut his head off. And put it in the crowd, please. <laughs> don't drop it. <laughs> Get some better technology
2: Ted. to fix you up.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're trying to, they, you know, the, the Williams family talking about they, you remember that story, right? Where they said they're gonna cut him, cut yeah. his head off, and put yeah. it somewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they're gonna. That's what gonna do to Tim, though. We're not gonna cut <laughs> his head off,
0: though. But Then the sister and brother were fighting over the head and dropped it and cracked oh, it.
3: yeah, yeah, cracked it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. That's terrible, man. It's, that's, that's true. Terrible. It's not even a joke. That's terrible.
0: Conspiracy yeah, that's terrible. theory. Yeah. Well that's <laughs>
2: not something we have to worry about
3: <laughs> the man a few words mark
2: yeah hey stacy the uh, the bull summer league team gets started tomorrow they open at three o'clock on friday in las vegas they're playing the dallas mavericks in their first game and i think all eyes are going to be on dale and terry they're going to feature him in the offense see what he can do he's not known as a guy that's always looking to shoot the ball he's more of a facilitator and really a defensive stopper i'm, I'm anxious to see what he can show during these four or five games in vegas
3: well, he's going to get every opportunity to uh, show what he can do. Uh, this kid is a is six foot seven. He's got like a seven foot one wingspan. Uh, he can play multiple positions, and I think that's that's the reason why they drafted him because of his his defensive ability and the ability to play multiple positions. Whether it's point guard two or three, uh, he has the ability to play those positions and play them well. And when you got a guy Mark with that type of length that's committed to the defense, the uh, only thing I've heard about him in practice so far is that he's a gym rat. You know, he doesn't, you know, they got to force him to leave. Uh, he's the first one there, last one to leave. He's very competitive. Him and Patrick Williams talking trash to each other, going at each other, competitive nature. I love <clears throat> I love that, man. It's great.
2: And Marko Simonovic, uh, the has come in weighing 240 pounds. I mean, I watched him play in the G League last year, and he had trouble holding his position in the post. People are saying that his passing is better, that he's, he's catching the ball better, and, and he's determined to try to get some minutes. Now, right now, the Bulls have four centers on the roster, including Marco and Tony Bradley, so minutes are going to be hard to come by. What's he going to have to show in Summer League to win the trust of the coaching staff? Because I know Billy last year said flat out, hey, he's not ready to play in the NBA.
3: Well, I mean, you know, last year was tough on the kid because, you know, I thought, you know, just from an outsider looking in, uh, there was opportunities for him to play, especially during the COVID, the COVID time, just to see what he got. Let him get his, let him get his, uh, you know, feet wet a little bit in the NBA games. Um, it shows you how hard that he wants to play because to go ahead and put, you know, put that kind of weight on after only weighing about 215 pounds last year and being, you know, really thin uh, shows his his commitment to trying to get better. And um, he's highly skilled. I mean, he's got he's got great footwork. He can, you know, he's got spin moves. He can handle the ball. There's so many things he can do. Um, and now if you put that extra weight on him, you know, that's only going to make him even that much tougher. You're not going to be able to root him off the post. You're not going to be able to, to knock him off his uh, driving lanes. Um, I think the most important thing for him to do is, is dominate. You know, rebound the basketball, block some shots. Uh, Score when you get the ball and opportunities and show that show the coaching staff that they can trust you. And then when you come to training camp, you come, you know, you, you catapult from a great summer league into veterans camp, and you don't take any prisoners. You come at voot you come at, Vooch, you come at who, or Tony Bradley, whoever, uh, you know, Drummond, you come at those guys and show the coaching staff that you can be trusted and that you need to play.
2: The other guy who's going to be interesting to watch during Summer League is Justin Lewis. He uh, came from Marquette, 6'7 yes. forward. can play both forward spots. This guy's like 245. He's a monster inside. He can score at the rim. And even though he signed to a two-way deal, Bulls are looking for some depth behind Patrick Williams. I'll tell you what, if he plays well in Summer League, he may earn a really serious look training camp
3: well you you gotta and that's probably one of the reasons why they haven't really gone out and got a a forward yet you know at that position uh because they want to see what he can do if he goes to summer league and and plays like he's capable playing everybody i've talked to about this kid and the videos that i've seen of this kid he's a tremendous player uh a lot of people are surprised he didn't get drafted For whatever reason he didn't get drafted. And this could be one of those fines that AK and Mark, you know, just uncovered when everybody else just glossed over him. Uh, it could come back biting, you know, biting teams on the butt. Cause now you got a motivated, you know, kid that's got a chip on his shoulder like Io had last year. Uh, he's gonna come out here and he knows what he has to do. He's on a two-way contract, so he understands that situation is gonna be more in the G League than he's actually gonna be on the on the Bulls roster. But if he comes out and plays well in the summer league and then goes into veterans camp and looks even better, he has a chance to be on the roster.
2: So there's plenty to watch in these summer league games coming up. Just about all of them are going to be televised either on NBA TV or one of the ESPN networks, so make sure you check out the Bulls in Vegas. Of course, the show is called Give Me the Hot Sauce, and as always, we've got our array of specialty sauces here on the table. Yeah, Stacy's Q... Your original, yes, the original
3: Look at that. Look at that beautiful sauce. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, beautiful sauce. So make
2: sure you, if you want to get your order in, gimme the hot sauce.com. Whispers, the uh, sauce packer. Stays up late at night, <laughs> making his
0: special boxes. Yep.
2: Yeah.
3: Whispers, whispers, yeah. where's the read at, Whispers? They read get, the read. They get
0: stickers now and uh the man card, of course.
3: Yeah, people I want to are- hear the read, Whispers. I want to hear the read.
0: For the hot sauce?
2: No, that's later, Stacy. Yes. We, we don't sure. want to screw up oh. everything. The, yeah, this is a top oh. production here. Yeah. Actually, the read is oh. going to be, uh, we're talking about your friends at Windy City Limousine who got the week off because you're at home. You want to read that one, Whispers? <laughs> let's do it.
0: Yes, let's do it.
2: <laughs> your enthusiasm is overwhelming. Windy
0: City Limousine provides championship service. Making a reservation <laughs> is so easy a slam dunk. Let Windy City break the full court pressure of traffic and get you to your destination in style, like Mr. Beep, Sleepy King over here. Contact us at 866-94-WINDY.
2: That's 866-94-WINDY. What's the code for a discount? There isn't one. Oh, Only. you got you to gotta drop Stacy's name, and then you still may not get anything. You can
0: try King 21, but nothing will happen.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. It might.
2: All right, let's try it. All right, so make sure you contact our friends at Windy City Limousine. You you want to make sure you travel safe in this day and age, so they're happy to pick you up and take you where you need to go. Contact them at 866-94-WINDY. Coming up next, we're going to visit with Scoop Jackson of ESPN on Episode 87 of Gimme the Hot Sauce. Keep it right here.
0: Angel Water, Chicagoland's largest water conditioning service. Chicagoland water can have chromium-6, pesticides, E. coli. You know what that is, Mark?
2: I do. That's a bad thing for you. Don't want any of that.
0: Sometimes it's on the beach, too. And other nasty stuff. Water makes up 60% of your body and 75% of your brain. (laughs) Did you know that?
2: (laughs) (laughs) No. You're full of facts today, Whispers. (laughs) Yeah. Angel
0: will test your water for free with code KING21. Another KING21 code. Yeah, people love it, and they can remember it. Yeah. So, it's like call, playing blackjack. Call 847-382-7800 for a free water test and healthy water plan with code KING21 at 847-382-7800. It's what I've used for over 20 years.
2: And she'll like it too. <laughs> That's right. Episode 87 of Gimme the Hot Sauce rolls on. Stacy joining us from his home. And now we're going to welcome in from the south side of Chicago, Scoop Jackson. You see him on ESPN. You've you've read his work there on the website, he's the author of several books. Just a prolific guy, both in print and in broadcast. Scoop, thank you so much for making time for us today. And how did you and Stacy get to know each other?
1: Uh, I've been following Stacy since his days with, um, you know, Mookie Blaylock and Ricky Gray. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, no, nah, I've been, uh, yeah, I, I knew Stacy long before he knew I existed. So, you know. You go back a long way, Mark.
2: Yeah.
3: And That's so, great. you know, when you when you when I always surround myself with legends, okay? <laughs> so you, you, you know, you want to you want to surround yourself with positive people because positive people and positivity always rubs off on you. and Scoops one of the most positive people I know.
1: Look, man, I look. T- t- truth be told. I was so glad when Stacy came in, so we didn't have to deal with Brad Sellers anymore. You know, I'm like, yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, oh, Brad is the mayor of Toledo or something. You know that? I know, I know, no. Brad,
1: I, I'm, throwing, I'm throwing shade at Brad. Brad's my guy. Brad's my guy. Brad's my guy. But no, in, in real honesty, I, I, you know, I've been messing with Stacey since he was in Oklahoma. Um, and, you know, being a Chicago guy, you know, I was so happy, you know, when he got drafted here. Uh, and, you know, so... It, you know, he's, you know he he he's been fam ever since he touched on this concrete. As far as I'm concerned,
3: oh, I appreciate that, man. Your checks in the mail.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Last <laughs> time, you your last time, the check bounced. Though, so we got <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, ESPN. Y'all got all that platinum going on over there. Yeah. You know, you know what they say about us at ESPN? We write the check in the bank bounce. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness. So tell us tell us a little bit, Scoop.
3: You've been following the Bulls? You've been following this uh, this team?
1: You know what? Fortunately, yeah, I've been back on it. You know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that I'm not, you know, I'm not a bandwagon off at all dude, but I try to tend to lean towards uh, teams regardless of where they're from. Um, if I feel that they're representing us from Chicago in the right way. And there have been years where The Bulls, I don't feel, were representing us. And while I did follow and pay attention, because I'm always trying to watch, you know, you all, you know, do your thing and pay attention to the games, I really wasn't following like that, because even though I'm local, I'm based, I still have to cover national stories. So I wasn't putting the normal amount of time in that I would for following the Bulls that I have in the past because I thought for a few years they weren't representing us they weren't yeah. representing what Chicago was about and I would ask people from Chicago all the time when they'd ask me they'd ask me Bulls questions and I'd like stop 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 right let me ask you more questions if you were not from Chicago would you even be mentioning the Bulls to me and every time they'd be like nope I'm like so why are we talking about them now you know what I'm saying? You can't yeah. have, to have a greater interest in our organizations more than us just being from Chicago, unless you feel they're representing us. So there have been years over the last, like, 15, 20 years where I've, actually, I want to call it bandwagoning, but I've dipped in and out based on what I felt the team was doing and if they represented what this city stood for. And there have been times yeah. that they haven't, you know? Yeah. And that's better yeah. than the Bears, because the Bears haven't been that way since 86. So
3: Yeah, it <laughs> yeah, has been a long time. Yeah, because I mean, time. we stand
1: for something, Stacy. Yeah, I mean, you've been here long enough to understand what it means like to be from the city and what we stand on. And I think our sports team should always, or at least you know, a majority of the time, represent that. It's not about winning; it's about representing what we in this city stand for. And that's why I think the power that we have as fans is we have to have the power to force organizations to represent what we stand for in the city. What this city stands for. Everybody always talks about what's on the back of the players' jerseys and how they – no, let's talk about what's on the front of that.
2: Yeah, I agree with you.
1: Does your organization represent the front of that jersey? So when they don't, I tend to, like, tap out and, like, you know, because I don't want to be that guy that's only rooting and pulling for and representing Chicago teams because that's where I'm from. It's a two-way street. If I represent you, then you got to represent me. Yeah,
3: I, I agree with you. That's one thing that Phil Jackson, I, I remember coming in as a rookie. Uh, that was one of the things that Phil Jackson, you know, basically imposed on us is is that hey, we we owe it to this city. It's a blue collar city. Uh, everybody works hard for their money. Uh, they they love their sports, but you owe it to them to come out every night and and give a bet your best effort, your best effort, whatever that is, whether it be rebounding defense just competing every night and not come out here and, and and you know lay down and let a team walk all over you. And you go back to those championship years, Scoop, that never happened. Cause we always came out, we are and I think that's why there's so much of a uh when you look at all the fans that have grown they they grew up watching the those nineties Bulls, you know, yeah. and seeing and seeing how they're represented. That's why we have so much uh equity uh in the, in the world, I mean worldwide, because of those teams.
1: Yeah, and, and but you get to the culture. I mean, you get to the center of the culture, what the city stands for. And along with everything you said, this is also a city that we don't take any BS from anybody. No. We don't take any BS from ourselves. So we expect that to be on the table too. And you as an athlete and, and what Phil Jackson told you, I'm pretty sure goes along the way with every, you know, general manager, head coach, scout, whatever connected to any Chicago team. I'm pretty sure they say the same things, but athletes have to understand it's not just the fans that are coming to pay to see you play. It's not just the fans that are on TV watching. It's not the fans that you happen to be encountered with that walk up to you. When they talk about the people in the city, they talk about people you all will probably never, ever see. That are the core of the city, who can't afford to get the games. Fans of Chicago who've never been downtown before. Fans of Chicago who've never been south of Roosevelt. You know, we're talking about, like, true fans who you all will never connect with. Those people, are, as well, are the people that you all represent. So it's deep in the blue collar. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, the, it's that grind. It's that survival. You know, you represent, you all represent, and these teams represent the survival. And that's the respect Chicago gets across the world. That's what Chicago is known for. That inhales Chicken, of course. You know? <laughs> but, but we stand on all of that. So when a team does not live up to that, and once again, you mentioned the championship team. Stacey, it's not about that. It's the effort. That's really yeah. all it is, because... The Chicago Bulls represent more than just those six championship banners that hang. It represents those teams, those typical teams that were grinding, trying to get it done. Like that means just as much to us as the banners do, because it's the effort you all were putting out there. Yeah. It's what we saw every now and then with that team last year, you know, what Billy Donovan seems to be trying to grow. We want that effort. We want you to represent all corners of the city because that's what we riding down. And when you don't do that, you know, we smell it. We smell it when it's not done. And you know, like they say, a, a a child can smell BS a mile away. And the same thing applies to us in Chicago. We know when you're not real with it. And 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 that's what we don't we don't mess with because that's not what Shia is all about.
2: Those teams that Stacy played on in the '90s became larger than life. They became an international yes. celebrity. And and I'm just curious, from your perspective, you were you were coming up during that time in terms of your career. How yeah. much did the Michael Jordan Bulls have an impact, do you feel, on, on your career and, and helping you become the star that you are at ESPN? I'm,
1: uh, star, I, I, I don't know. You know? <laughs> 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 we, 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 have, we have to redefine that word. But uh, <laughs> um, I, I'll say this. I think I was one of the lucky ones because at the time, um, we were just starting Slam Magazine at the time, and I was one of the very few national writers that was located and based here in Chicago. So um, I had, you know, I, I didn't have to get on a plane and come here for like NBC games or big games, or anything. I was here every day. I was show for practice every day. And we benefited um, because one, I was already here and established, you know, a foundation. But by the time we started Slam Magazine, it was right, we started like I think a month after we started the magazine, Michael Jordan retired the first time. So when he came back, I'm still like one of the only national guys here. So I'm in practice every day. And it's not necessarily doing a story on Michael, but I am I was looked at as one of the beat writers. But I was actually on the, you know, covering for a national magazine. And that benefited a lot because being in front of guys like Stacey, being in front of, you know, uh, uh, the Craig Hodges and the and, Paxons and the, the Pippins. And the Cartwrights, you know, being in front of Luke Longley's and 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 you know and, and Michael, you know, and, and Steve Kerr and uh, I'm gonna throw um uh, I was about to throw the uh uh my man's uh my man's name out there for you um uh, what, what what was a PR guy's name? Tim um, Hallam. Tim Hallam. No 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 I'm talking about uh Tom um Tom. oh it's Tom Smithberg.
2: From... Tom Smithberg. Yeah, Tom Smithberg. Yeah,
1: yeah. being be in front of it, and of course Tim Hallam. Yeah, of course Tim was because Tim's been there since forever. But yeah. being in front of their faces every day, I think uh, benefited me because I never asked for stories every day, so I never got on their nerves. And being there every day and not getting on people's nerves, there's something Stacy can tell you that athletes do pay attention to media members who yeah. ask them questions every day. And sometimes they're meaningless questions. They tend to get on their nerves and athletes tend to tune them out. But when you're there every day and they see you every day and you don't mess with them every day, they tend to lean into you a little bit because, oh, oh, okay. You must be on something today because now, you know, you must need something that's cool. Cause I don't mind talking to you because, you know, you only bother me every 10 days instead of every day. And I think being the only one of the only national writers here and being able to not mess with them, even though I saw them every day, not mess with them every day. I think it benefited me because I was able to build relationships with the athletes and get conversations with them. Um, that I never held against them, but they feel comfortable talking to me about, because you know, I, you know, it, 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 it was necessary. And I think they helped us out with slam a lot back in the day, you know, where, you know, Mike would have conversations with me when he wasn't talking to the media. And I think that's based on that. So we were able to put Michael on the cover magazines when the magazine wasn't selling because we were new to the game, you know, but the magazine wasn't selling and Mike was not talking to the media, but he like grabbed me by the side, like, come on over here. You know, I'll give you something, but I can't let everybody else see that. Yeah. You know, and Scotty Scotty would do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? And, and so it, it that is kind of the long answer to how it benefited me being from here and being around those guys, and how I was able to parlay them into stories uh that helped build a franchise. Um, and I guess give me some sort of prominence because a lot of times my name, my name was attached to those stories, my byline was on those stories.
3: That's awesome. Now, when you look at this this new NBA and you see the players' scoop, have really they have so much control now uh, compared to what you know Michael Jordan and all of us had in the '90s? These players now are dictating the terms of when they want to play, where they want to go play, if they want to be traded. What, What do you? What is your take on that?
1: I actually, you know what? I actually love it because we're the reason that they were forced to do that. If we did our jobs right. From a media standpoint, or from a front office standpoint, and of handling players, they would have never leaned in on trying to get so much control. You know, if they if they always talk about loyalty in sports, but they never talk about the two way street that goes with loyalty. So yeah. if for years players hadn't been treated like property, if they hadn't have been treated like pawns, you know, by executives, and you know, you have people. I use this as an example. There are certain players like the Reggie Millers. And the Larry Bird's and the Magic Johnsons, that their organization treated them right, because you never saw them in another jersey, correct?
3: Yeah. But tell
1: me, why do we ever see Patrick Ewing in another jersey? Why do we ever see Dominique Wilkins in another jersey? Why do we ever see Michael Jordan in another jersey? So when you see stuff like that happen, you know, because there are certain players in this game, in all games, that should never see another jersey. But and I understand the business side of it, but sometimes your loyalty to that player has to trump the business side. This player has done so much for you over the course of time that maybe you're losing money now, but take consideration all the money that player made for you. And when that's not considered, that forces the player to be like, all right, the minute I get a chance to get control of my narrative, I'm going to get it. Because if the Chicago Bulls, and I'm using them as an example, I'm not slighting them, but if the Chicago Bulls didn't treat Michael Jordan right, what the hell are they going to do with me? So let me try to grab some control of this narrative. And the same thing goes down with media. If the media was, if the media treated players, the way the media treats organizations, then the players would never have to go out and try to find their own voice or control. We have had a tendency historically, especially dealing with black athletes, to turn what they do against them and use it for either a publication's benefit, an outlet's benefit, or our own personal benefit, and we've done that historically. So over the course of time, especially once digital media opened up the landscape and made it a a, a far more level playing field, it was only right and understanding for the players to grab some of that so they don't have to deal with what we've been putting them up with for so many years. So I get it. I totally get it. Now, I'm not against it, because I still think that what we do in the media, there's still an art to it. There's still a science to it. There's still a study that can be applied to it to make those stories come out better. Um, so where I read and, and and listen to some of the stuff that a lot of the athletes are doing now because they're now in front of the media, I think some of those stories, you know, some of those presentations, some of those platforms could still be better if they used people that were trained and conditioned and have studied this field where they can still be in the front, but let's get this done this way because this is a better way for this story to come out. And then the audience and society at large gets a better story where it still is the player's voice, but it's a better story, you know, and on the other side of things, as far as management is concerned, it's going to be interesting to see, especially during collective bargaining agreement, how they're going to try to reel that control back in because, you know, they – Every every year it seems like management is losing more control over players' destinations and players' contracts. And I know they're not used to that and they don't like that, but this is the life that we're living in right now. But coming to the bargaining agreement time, I want to see <clears throat> how they're going to reel that back in.
3: Yeah, I'm interested to see that too because, I mean, when you're watching these, uh, a guy like Kevin Durant has four years left on his deal. And because Kyrie Irving wants out, now he wants to be traded and and if i'm the general manager and i'm the owner of that team unless i get a deal that's going to it's going to benefit me cuz you got a generational talent in both yeah. of those guys you're not just trading uh, a fringe all-star these these two guys are hall of famers so you've got to get some kind of package for them uh for losing them and if you can't get it you stand pat you stand pat i got i got him for four more years i can trade him yeah. in two years that's what i mean that's the hard line approach that i think Uh, owners and general managers should take. That's just It is,
1: but here's the deal, Stacey, is, okay, what if you don't? And you may win that battle with somebody like KD, but what does it happen to you down the road when it comes time to try to get another KD down the line, and they start looking at how that didn't work out for KD, and they're like, no, I don't want to sign with the Nets because I saw how they treated KD. Players players are always going to lean with players. Yes. Always. You all are always going to lean with each other. Regardless of how the organization you know, functions, you all are going to be like, hey, you know what? I'm not signing here because I saw the way they did my man." <laughs> and organizations have to take that into consideration. Even though they do have leverage because they have control of the contracts, they have to understand that there can be a backlash down the line on players wanting to mess with you because they're looking at how you dealt with Kevin Durant. Not what you got out of it, but how you handled his situation.
3: Yeah, the, the Bulls had that kind of problem, you know, after Michael and Scottie left.
1: Oh, without – quit. oh, without, look, yeah, they did, and that's my point, is that they're like, you got star players that want to come to this market and want to play for this organization, but they're like – like I said earlier, you treated Michael Jordan – and let's be honest, coaches are the same way. Coaches around the league were like, look what they did to Phil Jackson. Yeah. Why do I want to coach there? So when you treat Phil Jackson the way the Bulls did, when you treat – you know, Michael Jordan, the way the Bulls did, when you treat Scottie Pippen the way the Bulls did, it may have benefited you right there in that moment because you had leverage, but down the road, it can come back and bite you hard. And organizations need to keep that in mind. And your next example is a great example where they do have the leverage. They can stay pat on those four years because they do have that on their side. But understand, those four years, four years from now, may not be the look that you're looking for.
2: Hey, Scoop. As as a broadcaster, one of the things I really love that you do is the is the video essays that that, that pop up on SportsCenter and different platforms for ESPN. I know when Thanks, somebody says you. when somebody says to me, "Hey, uh, think of something unique and different and be creative for three minutes." I mean, that is the hardest thing to have to do. Uh, the work you do is amazing. What what uh, are some of your favorite essays that you've done for ESPN? Oh, that's,
1: a, that's a great question. Uh, I can tell you straight off the bat, uh, the one. It, there, there's two of them because they happened at the exact same time. Um, I had to write a piece for Kobe Bryant retiring. And I had to write it for Kendrick Lamar. So oh. there's pressure right there, right? Yeah. yeah. That same week, I had to write an essay on the, the Bulls' 72-win season because the Warriors were about to break it. Mm-hmm. And I had to write that for President Obama. Wow. So in one week, I'm writing something for Kendrick Lamar and I'm writing something <laughs> for Barack Obama. And, no pressure. <laughs> but but that's but as a journalist, you want that, you know. That's like a dream yeah. come true because now you're testing yourself. It's like all right, you, say, you know, it's like Stacey playing in the, you know, playing in the championship, playing in the finals, you know, playing in the NCAA. Oh man, matter of fact, I don't want to get on that because I I have my kids watch that game y'all <laughs> played against Kansas. I had my kids watch uh, that final game. Uh, that was that uh, was easily one of the greatest halves of basketball at any college basketball game ever. But we'll talk about that later. But oh, that, that you want that too. pressure? <laughs> and as hurtless, that hurt. I wanted that pressure. I wanted that pressure to see if I could deliver, you know, on this high end in this shorter period of time. So, and they both came out pretty decent. Um, and, and Kendrick did not change a word of what I wrote. And that was that was an honor. And he, you know. You know the fact that he respected what I bring to the game to that level that that's always going to stand out as one of my favorites. And then even though Barack didn't wind up doing it because it was a scheduled thing, and we had Reggie Caffney do it, the fact that I still wrote it for Barack, and then Reggie Kaffney added to it, uh, yeah, those those two will always stand out. But um, I'm glad I appreciate you pointing that out because it's a different form of writing, man. You talk oh, yeah. about making a transition from long form writing, from feature writing you know, with slam to, to writing long columns and doing column writing, opinionated columns for ESPN.com to transfer into doing, you know, a uh, feature short feature writing and being a senior writer for sports center. Those are three totally different lanes of journalism. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not going to sit up here and tell you that it's been easy, but I've tried to do my best to make those adjustments to still maintain a, a, a level of a uh, quality that I, think I'm capable of putting out
3: there. Yeah. So, you know, you you see what's going on with Brittany Griner. What's your thoughts on that? I I think it's, I think she's being used, in my opinion, as a political pawn. Uh, There's no way in the world that girl should still be over there in Russia, in jail. Um, It just doesn't make any sense. So, so what is your take on that?
1: I I agree with you. I I think she is being used as a political pawn. Uh, I don't, I don't necessarily, and I think it's out of our control. You know, uh, and I think as much attention and pressure as we put on them, you know, I, I don't know where I fall as as far as the narrative. If, if she was, like I say, if this was LeBron James or if this was somebody else, uh, I've heard everybody from Jennifer Anderson to LeBron James that they're using as a narrative as to why she's not getting the same treatment. I, I, don't, I don't know where I fall on that, Stacey, but I – because I don't think it's in our control. I think – it's basically bad timing on her end, and she does have some notoriety. Um, but the fact that a war broke out, you know, with Ukraine and Russia is using every piece of leverage that they have to get what they want out of this, is, is really unfortunate and bad timing on our end. But it is, in my mind, Putin using her as, just like you said, a pawn to get something he wants. Yeah. You know, um, uh and and the question is to me in answer how i feel about it what is this country going to do when it comes to how much we value her not necessarily as uh you know as as a professional basketball player and a famous basketball player uh but also as 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 a citizen of this country and as a black woman what is this country going to do to value her and get her back home. And it's 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 a from what I understand and what I've last read, you know, Putin wants a certain swap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Is 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 that worth it? You know what is her value? And to me, if it gets to a point where they string this along and it, it becomes evident that they don't value her. The way it seems like they would value others, then I may feel a little differently about that. But I, 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 I really do. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. I think, I think it's good for us to keep her name in our conversation. I think it's good for us to, you know, make sure that she stays above the fold line. And as the first story coming off, she needs to be the first topic of conversation at all times. I think we do need to do that. But I'm, I'm trying to wonder because of what we're dealing with if that's going to have any impact on these negotiations on what it's going to take to get her free, because I, hell, I, I don't think Putin's listening to anything we say and I don't think he cares. No, I think he's, I think he's really just using her as a pawn because for him, she was the right place in the right time. And that is so, so, so unfortunate, you know, but yeah. you know, let's, let's see if America sees, shows how they value her and how they value, you know, citizens. It's going to be interesting to see.
2: Stacy, do we dare let uh, Whispers ask a question? Oh, yeah, it's just yeah. always, always oh, dangerous. Yeah. Whispers, I know you've been preparing. You, oh, I'm, you got I'm ready. All right. What do you got for Scoop? Hey,
0: I'll, I love that shirt, Scoop, by the way. A- oh, thank you, man. Thank, thank
1: you. My, my nephew's uh, started his own clothing line about a year ago, so I try to – he got some good stuff. So I'm, I'm always repping his, you know – I'm always repping the young folks stuff because they, you know, they – you they, they, they think I'm an influencer when I have influence on nothing
0: <laughs> <laughs> well that that's uh with your artistic background though and your connections with all the uh you know slam and everything and I see you got a stack of shoes in the back there you everything about designing some of your own shoes and getting that sneaker head business
1: no man you know I lead those for the experts man I, I I know my land I know what I do uh, and I try to do it well but I've been you know, I'm one of those og sneaker aficionados. so I came around in the beginning I'm 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 from the start and I believe, you know, we should all dress from the ground up and it starts with our foot game. So I'm one of those dudes, but I know that, um, there's more to just sneaker designing than actual design. You know, a shoe has to be functional. You know, there's more architecture in it than there is design. There's more science than there is, you know, in design. And I understand what it really takes to get to the nuts and bolts to, design and actually manufacture and produce uh, a legendary grill, as we say in the game. And if I'm gonna put my name on any sneaker or my, you know, ideas on a sneaker, then I would have to really, for me I'd have to learn the game from the ground up in order to do that because anything else to me is doing it doing it a disservice. Now I'm not thinking anything away for all the fashion designers who've made collabs and stuff like that, all that's fine. But I go a little deeper than that to shoes because I think it's more than just the aesthetic. You know, I think yeah. we we'll make shoes shoes. Unless you're know, unless you're a woman, invest in retro Jordans. <laughs> you know, it's it's more than just the way they look. There's a functionality to it. There's a purpose to it. And I, I'm I'm not in that lane, man. And I try to, you know, look. I, I'm that guy that when when, when my house starts flooding, I, I I don't try to get buckets. I call a plumber. Yeah, I'm with you. Something needs to get done. I want it done right. Yes, me too. I'm I'm the same way.
3: I'm calling. I'm calling somebody.
1: Right? They have experts They have experts for these reasons. I'm one of those guys. Look, I I call the expert. You know, it's time. If I got to put this ESPN money to work, it's gonna be on stuff like that. And when (laughs) it comes to designing shoes, they got experts. You know, they. I'm, I'm gonna let the experts really, really, really. Do their thing. I, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay in the lane. Appreciate them and bow down to them, you know, uh, for for what it is they do and how they've
3: been doing for so long. So, so Scoop, how difficult is it now that you you know the way the way the society is going now? Everything's digital. You know, everything's going digital. Everything is podcast now. How hard is that for you? Still writing and still doing articles and stuff like that because you know newspapers are irrelevant now. You gotta. Yeah. I mean, you don't even see it. I don't. I can't even think. Of the last time I saw a newspaper. Right. So how does that how does that impact you and going forward into this new this new kind of media thing?
1: Yeah, I get, that's a great question, Stacey. And my, it I think it affects me. I think it affects the outside uh, conversation more than it directly affects me. But I may be lying to myself um, because I still function by the belief that it's still on me to create good content that's going to drive you to what it is that I do you know, and as much as there has been a shift in actual print media and people engaging in print, I'm not gonna sit up here and act like print media still doesn't exist. Like yeah. you said, you may not have picked up a newspaper or remember the last time you picked up a newspaper, but you can't sit up here and tell me newspapers don't exist anymore. Yeah. Right? They're so online. My thing, right. But my thing is that it's on me as the content creator to make you still pick up a newspaper. Like you may not pick up a newspaper because everybody's not doing it anymore, but if I'm giving you something that is worth you doing that, then you will pick up a newspaper. Yeah. So that's kind of the way I look at it. And I've tried not to let you know this shift in how we present content affect what it is that I do. Because at the end of the day, it's still content. And content still has to move people, regardless of the format they're getting the content in. The content still has to be strong and it has to move people. And I've always tried to, when it came to my engagement in that, it stick by the policy that Marvin Gaye always said, that as an artist, your true responsibility is to move the minds of men. And when it comes to me creating content, that's what I try to do, is try to move the minds of men and women with the words that I'm able to put together. You know, I got 26 letters to flip, and it's on me to flip them the best way that I know how. And however it comes out, if it's good enough, you'll find it because you'll yeah. want to find it because I'm giving you something to find. So, you know, that's the way I look at it now. I'm pretty sure, you know, if you start looking at numbers and stuff like that, I'm pretty sure people read a lot less of what I've done now than they have in the past because of that shift. But I, I can't control what I can't control. And I can't concern yeah. myself what I can't control. I can't concern myself by the audience's engagement and why they don't engage, but I can control what I put out there and still give them a reason to engage in a medium that they may no longer mess with.
2: Hey Scoop, before we let you go, I was looking at your Wikipedia page. I don't know if somebody did you dirty there, but it says on your personal area, it says that uh, you're a fan of the Chicago White Sox and the New York Knicks. Yes, that's true. That's accurate.
1: That's that is after
2: I, after going through the Jordan era, you you went to the dark side.
1: Yo, no, I never look, I never left the. I, I've been with the dark side since I was in fourth grade. <laughs> I've been a Knicks fan since so I was in fourth grade. Yeah, I was watching Norm Van Leer and Jerry Sloan and Tom Boyrico and Chet Walker and Bob Love with Dick Motta coaching. I was still oh, messing my. with him, but
2: so I you think was, Charles was, Smith got was, fouled underneath was, the basket then, huh? huh? You think Charles Smith got fouled in that 93 series.
1: Oh, without question! <laughs> oh, hell no! <laughs> hell no. Oh, no! No, 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 no! no wait, 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 wait! We'll talk. We'll talk. Two things: He did not get fouled. Hugh Holland's made one of the worst calls in the history of mankind because, well, uh, are you talking about Charles Smith missing those shots?
2: Yeah, yeah, fouled? yeah.
1: No, 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 he missed the shots.
2: <laughs> okay, and, all right.
1: And and I can say that about Charles Smith because he married one of my favorite people in life. He married Lisa Smith. And Lisa Smith and I worked at BET together. All right. So I'm like, how does Charles yeah. Smith get the finest woman in America? I, 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 never, I always held that against Charles. But, and even as a Knicks fan, that, that phantom cut, that, that call on Scotty Pippen.
2: Yeah. Hubert Davis. The worst
1: in, the worst in the history of, of, of yeah. all sports. It is, that call is worse than the Tucker call as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah. Get on that. But I've been to the Knicks fan since I was in fourth grade, man. Fourth grade. Um, I went to school with uh, Walt Frazier's son. Okay. We went to the same school at the time. And my father had a connection to Earl Monroe. So he took us to New York when I was in fourth grade and took me to a Knicks game. And I got to meet. I was a big fan of Walt Frazier because he went to Southern Illinois and he had a Chicago connection, even though he got Atlanta in the his break. But he's still Chicago as far as we're concerned. And I got to meet him, you know, because I knew his son grew in school together. But I got to meet Earl Monroe. At, after this game, my father introduced me to Earl Monroe and y'all may be too young to know, but you know, Earl Monroe's nickname was black Jesus. Right. And he really was that. So that was it. And that's all I need. So I came back to Chicago, man. I was all about Rez Holzman. I was all about Jerry Lucas. I was all about Dick Barnett. I was all about Willis Reed. I was about everything the Knicks were about for the rest of my life. I was done. So, when I had to cover the bulls, but I, when I was covering in your locker room, Stacy, yep. in your locker room, I would still go there with Nick stuff on.
2: Oh no. I was,
1: yeah. Michael Scottie, all yep. they knew I was still a Knicks fan. I didn't care. But at that time I had Oakley on my side and Oakley was representing me. Yep. <laughs> so he's like, if they give you any trouble, man, I got don't worry about that. They, they ain't going to yep. mess with you too much. Yep. So now I, I stayed, they knew I was still the Knicks fan. I'm, I'm not fickle like that, man. i ride and die with mine. So All right. I grew up and expand. Uh, well, you got you a lot. Wait, I divorced you a lot, him a couple true. of years ago. I ain't going to lie. I divorced <laughs> I filed my papers. I divorced I'm, I'm gone. Well,
3: yeah, they're, they're struggling. They're struggling a little bit right
1: now. A little bit? <laughs> they're
2: struggling. A, a little bit? Only for they, 50 they or struggle. 60
3: years. Yeah,
1: I mean, like, you know, it's not about champ. Like I told you, it's not about They should champ. Ne- they
3: should have never got rid of Pat Riley.
1: Uh, you and I both know that Pat Riley was gonna be gone eventually anyway. He wasn't gonna stay there for that long period of time. What they never should have done is let Larry Brown go and pay him seventeen million dollars for not being there. That's what they shouldn't have done. Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah. They they done they done some kind of head head scratching things, kicking Charles Oakley out of the out of the uh, yeah, they, the garden. I, you know, that's, 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 what I that's terrible. Myself.
1: The way they started cheating Oakley. That was bad enough. The way they treated Camillo Anthony, the way they treated Oakley, you know, um, it, it, it's you know that whole Dolan ownership has been bad with the Knicks. But get and, and Stacey, you will laugh at this, but the high worldwide West.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. That's a big hire for them. Hey, that's a hey man. That's a big hire for the culture, man. Anybody know yeah. West? West 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 was our. Um, West is our Tommy from Martin Show. We yeah. didn't know what West did. We didn't know what the hell no. West did, but he got it done. So now that he West was is at, getting an official paycheck. That's love. He was,
3: he was at. He was at. He was at every big game, dude. And you always, you always wonder how you get here,
1: Stacy. Say I got stories on that dude, and I'm not gonna miss his name anymore. Because look, I got stories that go way beyond basketball, way, way beyond. To show you the clout that dude got, it's, it's, it's incredible. So I try to. You know, I, I still keep a little bit of the Knicks love, even though we're still divorced, technically. You know, but once once they hide, you know, worldwide, I'm like, you know, I'm taking their phone calls now. You well know, they we got Jalen Brunson. We have, late night, we have a late night phone conversations, me and the Knicks. We we, we still divorced, but we have a late night yeah. phone calls.
2: Well maybe <laughs> things are turning up. They finally got a free agent they wanted to get in Jalen Brunson. So things are turning around.
1: And, and, and Jalen represents here, but he he's not the savior for them. No, no.
2: But know, it's a step not- in the right direction though. They they targeted a guy and they got him.
1: Yeah, but let's be honest, you know, what is Tim's going to do, man? Because yeah. I, 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 cause to me, I don't know what Kimber did for him to treat Kimber like that. That was bad. That, that was, was bad. So my, my concern is like, okay, Jalen Bruss is a, is a good fit. He can do something. But what's it? What what's going to stop Tim from, like, treating him the same way that he don't like something that Jalen Bruss is doing?
3: Well, that $100 million contract. Because they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to justify uh, uh, that money they gave him. If you sit him on the bench like you did, Kimba, the the the, the Knicks fans gonna go crazy.
1: Yeah, but I I he, Let's 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 hope, but I, I don't know. I put last season all on Tibbs. And I love Tibbs to death, but I put that all on him, and now it's hard for me to buy into like the importance and the impact I think Jalen Brunson can have because I'm not sure what Tibbs is going to do. You know what I'm saying? And and everything yeah. from my standpoint and being a guy that messes with the Knicks rides on what I just got through seeing. And what I got through seeing was Tibbs treating a seasoned NBA point guard, an all-star NBA point guard, the way he usually treats rookies. Not used to that. So what right now is making me thinking he's going to be any different? And Stacey made a good point with the $100 million contract. But what – makes me automatically jump that that situation is going to be not necessarily different, but better. If he doesn't sit well with Tibbs or do, you know, fall into that Tibbs type of player, even though on the I, surface he looks like he might be, but we don't I know. I think,
3: I think, I think the thing that's got, you know, that's going to stop that is Leon Rose because Leon Rose has the rep has the reputation. First of all, he knows Jalen Brunson. He represented his dad who's now on the yeah. staff. So this goes a lot deeper than just, you know, Basketball relationship. This is a personal relationship, and I think Tibbs, if he doesn't change his ways, uh, he's going to be on the hot seat. and And at some point, Scoop, he's got to recognize that his way is not working. Like he keeps doing the same things, he wears himself out on different places. Um, you know, I think Julius Randle hurt them last year. You know, because he had the All Star year before, and then yeah. you know he, the ball stops. They don't move the ball when he has the ball. They're they're very very predictable. So. They may have the same problems this year.
1: And that's kind of why I'm hesitant on going in like on Jalen Brunson because it could could be out of his control. And to your point, though, yeah, they do have Leon Rose, and I love Leon, but you get into a power flex now. Who has more juice with the Knicks? Is it Leon Rose or is it Tears? I think it's Leon Rose. Okay. We'll see. I think it's Leon Rose. We'll see. We'll see. I Look, man, we can get off the the conversation. I'm just waiting for Dolan to sell it not
3: happening not not happening for a while yeah that's a money that's a money making machine over there i,
1: I know it's it's, it's 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 like the family here selling the bears it ain't gonna happen i get it man
3: <laughs> hey
1: scoop, it. scoop we
2: appreciate you being so generous with your time keep up the great work with espn uh, we really love watching and reading all your stuff and and thank you for joining us on give me the hot sauce
3: no, no, We got some I'm hot not. sauce for you. Yeah, Stacey's got it all laid
2: out. If you like hot right sauce, here. he's got it all. Yeah,
3: if you like hot sauce, we got it all for you. Extra Jim, hot. Give
1: him his address you know. and send it to him. Nah, I man, I'm coming to the studio, man. Come on through. I'm coming to the studio next time. Come in on in. through. I'm coming in. Like I said, I'm coming in, I'm coming in with, a, with a half dark, fried heart. I'm going to put
3: the ketchup on there, but I'm going to use
1: your hot sauce. That's what be can do. Yeah. You, we'll get, hey, this hot sauce. This hot sauce is good, boy. I
2: know it is. We'll get some I of those World Wide West stories, too, Nick, when you come on in.
1: Oh, yeah. That's got to be off here. All mics got to go. All right. On. Everything
2: to right. so <laughs> Sounds like a deal. The great Scoop Jackson joining us on episode 87 of Gimme the Hot Sauce. Appreciate the love, man.
1: Hey, Scoop. Appreciate hey, it, hey, boy. Hey. Thanks for coming hey. on. Oh, man. No, no. Anytime, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
2: We want to thank Scoop Jackson for joining us and remind you that one guy who's definitely not a Knicks fan is our good friend Jeff Vukovic at Nationwide Insurance. He rides and dies with the Bulls. He's been doing it for a long time, as well as all the Chicago sports teams. So when it comes to insurance for your auto, home, and business, make sure you contact our guy, the king of insurance, Nationwide Agent Jeff Vukovic at jeffvuk.com. That's jeffvuk.com. And Stacy, I know you're... Uh, Convalescing back at home after your hospital stay. The golden pipes, I'm sure, were not damaged during the process.
3: <gasps> Nationwide is <laughs> on your side. Woo!
2: Still going strong even after a stay in the hospital. Our guy, Stacy King. And make sure to contact Jeff Vukovic for all your insurance needs. You know, Stacy, we touched on free agency earlier. And I know you asked Scoop about Kevin Durant. That whole story is just going to get uglier, I think, as the summer wears on. I read something today where the Nets called the Minnesota Timberwolves. They asked for Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Anthony Edwards, and four first-round draft picks. I mean, those are the kind of deals that they're looking for, and I don't know if they're going to find it out there. He's, as good as Kevin Durant is, he is 34 years old, and and you have to worry about whether or not he can still maintain himself at an elite level for four more years.
3: Mark, this is this is me in Minnesota. You asked me to head trade. Yeah, I'm hanging the phone, <laughs> hanging the phone up. Hey, it, it, Kevin Durant is 34, and you know why would the Minnesota even entertain entertain that trade? They've got the pieces right now after picking up Gobert uh, to to be make some make some noise in the Western Conference. Uh, Kevin Durant's got four years left on his deal. These owners are going to have to start tightening it up a little bit and say, Hey, look, you know what? You wanted to come here, you took the money. We gave you max Smut. Max money. And now you want to lead. Uh, well, you got four years left on your deal. You're going to honor those. And if we can find a trade that benefits us, then we'll do it. And that's what they got to start doing, because this telling teams, I only want to go to two teams. Well, those two what if those two teams don't have assets. You know, then you're stuck, you know, trying to move them there and getting trash back. It doesn't work that way, because, again, I said this, Mark, those are Hall of Fame players that you're that are leaving. They're future Hall of Fame players. They're generational talent. And you've got to get something, you know, not just draft picks, but you've got to get something to be able to fill out your roster.
2: Yeah, it's crazy, especially now. Brooklyn looked at the deal that uh, Utah got for Rudy Gobert. That was five players, four first-round draft picks, and I think there's a pick swap thrown in there as well. I mean, Rudy Gobert is a very nice player. There was a lot of speculation that maybe he would come to Chicago but when you look at what the asking price was, I mean, you think about that. They got four first round picks plus Walker Kessler, who was a first round pick uh, in this year's draft. So, in effect, five first round picks. They also got, you know, some, some bench guys uh, that, that are decent players that are going to be going over there, including Patrick Beverly, the Chicago guy. So, I think, you know, what, what that trade showed that it might be impossible to make a Kevin Durant deal because Brooklyn's going to ask for a lot more than what Utah got for Rudy Gobert.
3: Exactly. And Minnesota just opened up the vault and just basically gave it up. I mean, I think you they could have waited and got something, you know, where the price wasn't so high. Um, you know, they're going to look back, back on this and, and they're going to say, hey, what if they lose Anthony Edwards in a couple of years? You know, he decides as a free agent, hey, you know what? I want to go play for the Atlanta Hawks. I'm from Georgia. From Georgia or if I want to go play with the Lakers. There's a possibility that could happen. What if Towns says, hey, I'm, I'm tired of losing tired of losing um you know i want to go play for brooklyn you know i want to go play for the Knicks. it could happen
2: stacy is this the first on uh give me the hot sauce are you battling the hiccups there is that what's going on you know
3: what you know You know what you know what happened to me i had you know certain sur- surgery yesterday yeah on uh, on tuesday they put they put a thing down my throat
2: intubate uh, yeah and,
3: yeah incubated so Every ever since then, I've been having hiccups for like three days, man. It's like annoying. I've never had hiccups. It's
2: very annoying. Why don't we let uh, Whispers do the hot sauce read? Maybe you can get a drink yeah, of water. Ahead, go and ahead, yeah, Go ahead. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's going to take a while if Whispers trying to do the hot yeah. sauce read.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, you can take a nap.
3: I am. I just took no <laughs> dose. I'm trying to say it.
2: <laughs>
0: if you like hot sauce and barbecue sauce and you're listening to the right show.
3: Yeah,
2: here you go. Give me the hot sauce.
0: It <laughs> has the best small batch organic sauces. Spice the up best. your kitchen. Chicago-style red sauce with a garlic twist. Our St. Pat's here. Verde green sauce with <laughs> extra avocado and cilantro. The King's Q, a bold over spicy here. sweet sauce, over just here. like the king over there. <laughs> and our new hot <laughs> as Atlanta asphalt Chicago Fire 1871, which will burn your eyebrows off.
2: What about that Atomic sauce we were going to try? Oh, yeah. you wanted yeah. to try some oh, of yeah. that, remember?
0: I, I think our DJ is ready for that today. It's a little Atomic it might be the new flavor. I think he needs yeah. a
2: little pick-me-up. He looks a little tired over there. We'll give you a little Atomic Sauce. It's like Knock paint you stripper. In your ass.
0: You'll love it.
3: <laughs> yeah. Here's you, hot brown sauce
0: brown 21 to get 21% off your first order. That's hot sauce 21 for 21% off.
2: And you'll know that uh, Tim is personally packing each box with love and yes. affection. Yep. He's the hot You get, sauce you get the man card and the sticker. Yeah, you get everything. You get a little bit of everything. And, th-
0: th- and hot sauce.
2: Has the three pack become a four pack or is that. A, a, there's a four pack. There's yeah. a three
0: pack. There's whatever you want me to pack, I'll pack it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, no. That's a, that's uh, a, that's a problem. Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. You have it with
3: direct- two direct- hands. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
2: So make sure you go to com. ask for whispers. He will personally pack it for you. That's G I M M E. Yeah, that's right. Because people do yes. misspell that. That is a problem.
3: Yeah, they do misspell it. <laughs> just, hey, what are you doing over there? Nothing. <laughs> you, it, you, are, you, are you trying to make fun of my hiccups? Huh? A little bit. Yeah, you know, your that's fan a call for
2: them. your fan club is growing. You know, the the brown note guy, his wife uh, said hi too. Oh, tell her I said hi.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, god!
2: Whispers. The Whispers fan club is growing by leaps and bounds. Yeah,
1: I'm telling
3: you, he's our know little chewy. He's our little chewy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Stacy, you had a chance to watch any summer league? I know you're in the hospital. I don't know if they get NBA TV in there. but Yeah, uh, I did. I
3: watched, uh, I watched Chet Holmgren. Yeah, he played. looked good that I first kid. game. Hey, wait a minute. I told you. What did I tell you about that kid, Lofton? Yeah, yeah. That kid he Did I not tell you He looks like Barkley
2: when Barkley yes. came out of Auburn.
3: Yes, he backed Chet Holmgren down, man. Put that body on him, and was scoring all over the top of. Him. I told yeah. y'all, keep an eye on Kenny Lofton. I told you, man. Yeah. everybody thought I was joking, and he gonna he, he may play some good minutes for for Memphis.
2: Remember when, uh, when Chuck was the round mounted rebound, when he came out of college and and Bobby Knight cut him from the Olympic team. I mean, he was, he was like 300 pounds when he, when he first came into the league and that's kind of what Kenny Lofton looks like. But, uh, it was interesting. He, when he put back Chet Holmgren into the paint, Holmgren almost flew into the second row when he, when he knocked him back. Oh,
3: he's highly skilled. He can shoot the ball. He runs the floor well. He can pass out the double team. Uh, He's a perfect player for Memphis. He's just got to drop a few pounds. I mean, I mean, you, have you seen have you seen Zion lately? Zion's like you know one one uh one uh like shrimp taco away from being, <laughs> uh, being being three bills man. I mean, he's a big dude, and so these kids are coming in here and they're they're big. I mean, uh, I, I, but I was impressed with Chet Holmgren. I think he's more of a small forward than actual you know power forward right now. Right. You know, he moves very well. Uh, the Josh Giddey kid looked really really good when I saw him too. Uh, look really, really good moving the ball. I, I think Oklahoma city is going to have their hands full. You know, what are they going to, what are they going to do with him and Shea Gildas Alexander? Um, do they move Shea Gildas Alexander to get more draft picks? Cause they've, they probably got more draft picks than anybody in the league combined.
2: Yeah. How about the Oklahoma city? They got so many draft picks. They, uh, they took two kids named Jalen Williams. One Jalen yeah. Williams is a forward from uh, Santa Clara. And the other one is a center from Arkansas. So, it's gonna be a nightmare for the coaches and the broadcasters. Like, which Jalen Williams is in there right now? So, I mean, what Sam yeah, Presti's like that, doing down like, there is uh, kind of
3: crazy. It's like that Spider-Man meme where they point at Yeah, each other. that's how right. they, <laughs> yeah, they look like. But they got so many first-round picks. Um, the problem that they're gonna have, even you know, they're develop they're developing this talent mark, and and they're you know they're not gonna be able to keep all these young kids. They're gonna have to move them and try to get get some star players there. But unfortunately, it's just a small market. It's just so tough for them to to get star players in there to play.
2: Yeah, and, and uh, the kid from Iowa, Keegan Murray, has played well. He's had a couple of 20-point games. As uh, All the teams are now going to be in Vegas for the next 10 days playing four or five games. So it's going to be interesting to see how these guys fare when they're going up against each other. The feature game tonight on ESPN at 9 o'clock, we're recording on Thursday, it's going to be Orlando against Houston. So it's Paulo Bancaro going against Jabari Smith Jr. And I'm sure Jabari is oh. going to want to send a message right away that, uh, hey, you got the pick wrong, taking Paulo with the first pick.
3: Listen... I don't think they got it wrong. Uh, I think I think montero's a real deal. I think he's going to play extremely well this year. Um, very athletic, uh, can shoot it, can run the floor, can pass. Uh, he's a natural scorer. I don't, I don't think I don't think they got it wrong. You could have you couldn't go wrong with either one of those guys, but I think Paulo is a little bit further along as far as far as what what, what Orlando needs him to do.
2: Whispers a big hockey trade today. Alex DeBrinkert, the Blackhawks leading scorer, going to Ottawa for a couple of draft picks. I mean, they're blowing that thing up. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of analysis you can only get here on Give Me the Hot Sauce. Whispers going Man. deep into his hockey knowledge. I'm I thought a, I thought wow. you went to hockey games every night. I'm a professional
0: analyst. No, I don't. <laughs> no, Cuz no one cares He's about like,
2: hockey. Well, I knew I wasn't going to ask Stacy that question, but I, th- I thought you'd have something to offer. But hey, I, hey, I was, I was obviously, obviously don't
3: wrong. Be, don't be, don't be surprised about my hockey knowledge, Mark. I yeah. offended did you even say that?
2: All right, <laughs> so what do you think about Alex DeBrincat being traded, Stace?
3: Well, it looks like the Blackhawks are blowing it up.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, when,
3: <laughs> when, when, they, get a of, when they get rid of when, Hey, when they get rid of Taze, they get rid of Taze and and the the what's his name uh, Patrick the Kane, of the block, Patrick the King or the clank, Kinger. The Clinger, whatever his name is, they call him. If they get rid of him, they get rid of those guys, that means it's definitely over.
2: Yeah.
0: Hey, that, that night we hung so you, out with Taves was the most I ever really, it really was really in the you stadium. You got a story to tell what's us? A, Why don't you tell a story about black hanging black out player.
2: with Jonathan Taves? Tell it. Tell uh, it. Story. Well, Stacey uh,
0: got the uh, the old booth at uh, the the stadium there for the UFC fights. Okay. And there was always some guys that come in there, and one of them was Taves, and we, we chatted with him for quite some time uh, during that night. and. Super nice guy, but I didn't – he's like, you get to any games? Like, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Three-time <laughs> wow. Stanley Cup champions, and you told him I have no interest in no, going to a no, game. No, I did tell That's him I was a bandwagoner. Him. I said, I do yeah. have a
0: shirt I pull out when you guys make it to
2: the playoffs. Yeah. It would be great
0: to see that again.
2: Wow. What a wow. bandwagon fan. That's the worst.
3: Yeah. He told me later on, he said, hey, who's that creepy friend of yours? Uh, don't, don't bring
2: him up here anymore. Hey, Stacy. last thing, Baker Mayfield finally got out of Cleveland. Uh, and it was funny. They played that one meme where they, they put his head over Joakim Noah. With, what makes Cleveland so great? Do you, you ever go to vacation in Cleveland? But he's heading to Carolina where he's going to battle Sam Darnold for the starting quarterback position. And I'm sure that, that he's probably <clears> glad <throat> to get a fresh start somewhere else.
3: Well, they they didn't you know what they they didn't go out and trade trade for him to have him sit on the bench. They wanna they really want him to start. Uh, they gave Donald a chance last year. Donald started started off good, then he got benched, and you know so they're they're looking for some stability at the at the quarterback position. Uh, McCaff, McCaffrey's got to be healthy. If they're gonna have a running game. His versatility. When he's not healthy, their offense struggles. Um, they got a really got a really good defense. Um, you know, they're this it's under underrated defense, but they're just lacking quarterback.
2: Yeah. Well, Stacy, we're going to let you go. Get some rest. Uh, I know it's been a very trying week. Uh, we really appreciate you being a trooper America. and joining America. us uh, for episode 87 you know to give me the hot sauce. You know what?
3: Bulls nation. You know what? I, I, I just got out of the hospital today and I came for the show. I, I, you know, I crawled it brought in here to get to the show. It's pure heart determination. That's right. It's because I love my fans. I love Bulls Nation. And I love those two guys right there, uh, Timmy Whispers and Mark. I couldn't let them go solo because Mark would be having doing do the show by himself. That's right. I'd have <laughs> be talking to myself. I was going to get up
0: to 18 words. <laughs>
2: yeah, the,
0: 18 I think the under
2: today. came in. Hard hustle yeah. and muscle, Stacey King.
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
2: All right, buddy. We'll see you here in the studio next week. Uh, take care of yourself. Be well. And uh, Bulls fans appreciate you making the effort today.
3: Oh, always a pleasure, boys. Give me the hot sauce. Give
0: me the <laughs> Get some rest. Oh my
3: goodness! Give me the hot sauce. home Give me. The